apparently Abbey Shot is tell- selling uh, 10th Doctor coats for $200 at the moment. Ooh. I wore my, three. my new Star Trek Harry Potter, Star Wars Harry Potter shirt came in this week. So I yes, wore it. Yes, I to saw work. your picture of that. I wore it to work today. It was very cool. Nice. Yeah, the kids were like, oh, that's Star Wars. And I'm like, and Harry Potter. Oh, and this. Now, most people probably wouldn't have had a problem with this, but I guess my sister-in-law has, hasn't talked to me in so long. She's forgotten what I do. But I sent her an email or, or an IM on Facebook, and I said, I hear the boys are coming for Christmas. What do they want? What do they like? So, Because I'm going to probably get to go see them. And she wrote back and said they love to read. The youngest one is in kindergarten, and he's doing, like, sight pictures and things like that. And the older one likes Diary of a Wimpy Kid and things like that. So I wrote back, is he too young for Harry Potter? And she wrote back and said, what is that? I tried to look it up on the Internet, and I couldn't find it. And I wrote this snarky comment back to her. Really? You're asking me who Harry Potter is? Really? And then I read the post I sent her. I typoed it. So it says Harry Pooter, P-O-O-T-E-R. Now, most people that know me would have gone, oh, that means Harry Potter. But no, she took it literally and tried to look it up. Uh-huh. So I wrote back to her and said, no, 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 Harry Potter. I think he's the same age as Jules's daughter who's reading it right now. So I think he would be old enough to read it. Um, fourth? Oh, yeah, definitely. Is that true? Yeah. I think he's... It's only a little bit younger than Harry is in the book. He's like fifth, sixth grade, so... Let's see. Dylan likes Diary of a Wimpy Kid. All right. He's five and in kindergarten. He's a slow reader. He has them all. So, Big Nate... Uh, it doesn't say. But he's he's at least eight years old. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the first book is pretty... The first yeah. Book is fairly yeah, they said for 11 year old, I think, I think at nine or ten years old. Yeah. Messing you up. because I got the first three books for Christmas the year that I was 13. So by the time I was finished them, I was um, caught up with Harry. But then we had to wait. So then I wasn't anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's interesting. But I was like, really? You're asking me who Harry Potter is? Really? And then I realized that I typoed it. But still, it's only one letter. She should have figured it out. Even Mom said I would have I'm surprised there isn't... A spoof version named Harry Pooter somewhere. I know. Me too. <laughs> You'd think there would be. Oh, well. There's like so. Barry Trotter and things like that. Yeah. But I think I'm going to, I'm going to start him on Harry Potter. I think that would be an awesome gift. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. me, That'd be fun. makes me happy. So did you guys see the quote from, uh, JK today that was running around Facebook? I'm going to see if I can. Yeah. I saw you posted that. I think I, I think. I must have heard the interview or watched the video clip or whatever that she said that in Mm because it's familiar to me. Yeah. Rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. I really like that. 
So, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. Do we lose Trisha again? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm doing, I, I got five more questions on this stupid quiz. Oh, all right. <laughs> I caught you with the quiz, huh? Uh, and I, I, I missed two already, and I'm really pissed off. About it. <laughs> <laughs> I missed I'm, three by the end. So, you know. I missed a dumb one the other day. I haven't taken that one yet, but I've taken the other ones, and I missed a dumb one the other day, and I was like, ugh. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. Some of them are ones that I think had more than one possible right answer. Mm-hmm. Because, um, there's one like, um, which teacher do we never see in the films? Two of the answers are Professor Bins, which is the right answer they're expecting, and Professor Vector. And I don't remember ever seeing her in the films either. Yeah, I don't think I've Unless ever she seen was her. just in a great hole or something. Right, which... Uh, do we even know who she is at that point? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think we ever see Hermione take Earthmancy. We just mm-hmm. know that she goes there with the time turner. Hmm. Anybody know what happened to Patrick Stewart? His arm's in a sling. Hmm. I did not know that. I have known nothing. And there's a big thank you from Reading Rainbow for Patrick Stewart and William Shatner, who went to a ball at the Culture Center, at the Skirt Ball Culture Center, for this Kickstarter supporters that were guests. But, uh, yeah, Patrick's arms in a sling, so I wondered. Hmm, it's too oh, bad. I got 28 out of 30. Out of 30. That's pretty good. So bad. No, I got 27. <laughs> I'll have to play it later, so I'm not clicking. Okay, let's, click, get, click, let's click. get into this. Okay, you know, it was only four <laughs> hours on my text reader, so we could probably do all of it, but if we want to stop, we can stop halfway, too. Yeah. Let me make sure that we are actually recording Skype. Yes, Skype is on. Safari is on. All right. Very awesome fun. Very awesome fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How about Sherbert Levin? If I start snoring, let me know. Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Oh, we're just having adventures. Yep. Our adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl. Not your best job. Ooh, we're evil. <laughs> How's that going? Come on. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Oh, I snorted so much yesterday. It was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Same Snape time, same Snape channel. It's all Snape all the time, time, Trisha. Wow, wow, wow. Of course, it's Snape. I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, Holy nice. shit! It's so yes, Scott. They're there to talk about the sector. They're going to worry about homework Aww. later. Aww. <laughs> I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good at nightmares. <laughs> you always laugh before the end. I wonder if it where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, everybody, the original beginning podcast of the Harry Potter Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. 
This is the one where we cover Harry Potter fan fiction, and tonight we are covering chapters 1 through 10, I believe, of mm-hmm. Oh God, Not Again by Sarah1281 on fanfiction.net. Mm-hmm. I am Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. Yay. And I should have said that to you all before, but, you know, we got it out there. That works. Yay. We got to mix it up somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Good to mix it up. So, um, I do like the author's note at the very beginning of this. Please be aware that this is a parody. I know that it may seem redundant as it's made clear as it's labeled a parody, but some people apparently don't read that, and a lot of people have reviewed who thought it was too over the top to enjoy until they realized it was a parody. So, just in case you're one of those people, this is a parody. Thank you and good night. Okay, yeah. I'm one of those people that did not read that. But I found this hysterical. Okay. At, so, at some point that I just, I just, I just went with it because I never read. I never read it. Like sometimes I read the synopsis and sometimes I don't. Right. You just and read whatever I, we tell you. Yeah, pretty much. And this was when during the time board I was working for a different company and I had nothing to do. That's all I did. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, isn't that fun? I love that. Somebody the other day was like, oh, I can't see how people can read on their phone. I'm like, I read on my phone all the time. I love it. I mean, if I can read on my Kindle, I'd rather. Oh, yeah. But if I'm stuck somewhere and I don't have, I love having a book at the touch, uh, you know, on my phone so that I can sit and read and not be bored. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. So Yeah, it's handy. I found it useful for planes, although it would be nice when I have my tablet back because... I finally got around to actually calling the people and saying it's broken, and they sent me a box to mail it back to them, and they're fixing it. Well, that's good. In the next week or two, I should hopefully have a working tablet again. I think it's been probably most of a year. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oops. Oh, well. I obviously uh, do not, you know, I can survive quite well without a tablet. but Yeah, you didn't miss it that much. (laughs) <laughs> no, it wasn't vital to my being. But, Your existence. You know, it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, we start off with Harry, who's woken with a start. He's laying on the floor, covered by a poor excuse for a blanket, and somebody's trying to break down uh, the door. You skipped a scene. You, because there, there oh, isn't a break a between scene. the end of her uh, author's note uh, and the very beginning of the story, and then you went to the next part where I there's actually the sp- a break. Part where there's a break, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a bad podcaster. Somebody <laughs> else take over. Well, I thought you were right at first because it does start with him waking up because he's having nightmares about the veil that mm. Sirius fall, fell through in book five. And this is a Harry Potter who's gone through all seven books. He hasn't gone through the epilogue yet, but he's defeated Voldemort and he's married to Ginny and she's pregnant. So, you know, he could have possibly gone through um, the epilogue if we mm-hmm. decide he's going to end up with four kids, but I think this is probably before James is born. Yeah. But he keeps dreaming about the Department of Mysteries and the veil, and he just has to go see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, is, that, is that my connection? What? Uh, yes, I think so. You went the, a little garbled there for a second. Yeah, you, you sound garbled, me too. Oh, well, that's not good. No, we. I hear you both fine. Okay. Well, okay. Well, a we'll probably low. come through. You know what? I'm going to turn off some 
Okay. Somebody else has this squeaky chair tonight. It's not me. I'm I'm being good and not moving, but Yeah, it's my chair. <laughs> we we all have our squeaky chairs. Yeah. I'm sitting in, in an old um, desk, you know, like it has a mm-hmm. chair and then the desk behind it and then you would have a like the other the other desk would be in front of you. I'm in one of those. <laughs> mm. You just got much clearer for me, so hopefully that works on your end as well. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, everybody sounds good. Oh, good. Okay. So he's he's defeated Voldemort, but the price had been really high, and he is not grateful for the way that it worked out because he would have preferred that the there hadn't been so many deaths. Yeah. It would. Yeah. And so eventually he finds himself just sort of standing there staring at the veil because apparently he made his way through the ministry into the Department of Mysteries and nobody stopped him. Mm-hmm. Who knows? doesn't explain how that happened, but he's just staring at the veil and he can't bring himself to look away or even walk away. And it doesn't actually even say that he steps through it, but then he's suddenly waking up on the floor of the hut from book one again. And Hagrid's knocking on the door and Dudley's going, Where's the cannon? Where's the cannon? Yeah. And Harry figures... Yes. And he decides, like, okay, I wasn't planning on this, which right away makes it different from a lot of time travel stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't think he would have left pregnant Ginny on his own accord. Mm -hmm. No. I think this is, yeah, like I said, this is a parody. This is, I think it's very neat how they went, um, she went, I'm guessing Sarah being the girl, um, (laughs) went about it that he is. He, he, he went back to square one. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just kind of neat of being the veil, being the portal, not the time turner or something goofy like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have seen that before um, used for an AU thing where the veil takes him to an alternate universe, but I don't think I've seen it as a direct time travel device. Yeah, as or... a be- direct conduit back. Yeah. So we pretty much have the scene as we remember it, you know. Yeah, most of it goes as it does in the books, except eventually once Hagrid starts talking to Harry, he says, oh, you know, you'll know all about Hogwarts, of course. And Harry says, yes, yes, I do. Yes. And Vernon's like, what do you mean you do? We've kept it from you. And Harry's like, yeah, you didn't do a very good job. It's all these people coming up and bowing to me and shaking my hand and saying, what an honor it was. You pick things up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But most of the scene still winds up the same, because even with Harry throwing in these different conversational options every now and then, Hagrid still reacts the same way about, mm-hmm. what, they didn't tell you anything? And uh, Vernon still go- says, well, I'll not be paying for him to learn some magic tricks from a crackpot old fool. And, uh, yeah, so poor Dudley still gets his tail. Yeah, but Harry does say that he knows all about Hogwarts, his parents, and Voldemort. And Hagrid's like, don't say that name! And Harry's like, old habits die hard. (laughs) If I ever go camping again, I'll be sure to take your advice. Because by then it'll matter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is a 23-year-old Harry in an 11-year-old body. And he's basically being... He's kind of pranking everybody he can get his hands on. Mm-hmm. He's just being sarcastic about a lot of things. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I, some of the things, it's just, it's just hysterical. I, I'm sorry, it's just like all the things that you want to say to everybody. And mm-hmm. he does it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hysterical. Yeah. 
It's yeah. kind of like we were just talking about in our um, last episodes of uh, Accidental Animages, which just came out as we're recording this, and um, the interview and so on, about Harry not acting like an 11-year-old, except this Harry has an excuse. Right. He really is a 23-year-old, and he's being just as snarky as anyone <laughs> would like him to be from the people who've read a lot of fan fiction and stuff. He's basically having all our reactions to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really fun because, you know, you've always wanted to be able to tell off Vernon, and here he is able to kind of do it and not really get in trouble for it, and he's not afraid of Vernon in, in this because he is actually 23, and he does know magic even though he's got the trace on him. So if he needs to, he can protect himself. And so he's just going to say what he wants to say and do what he wants to do and pretty much damn the consequences. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, I mean, he, he meets Quirrell and is, I don't, I mean, he meets And they just sort of plug up a plot hole in passing and says, oh, he must not have been possessed yet because obviously he can shake his hand and not, you know, mm-hmm. start right. blistering. Right. And I don't think he was possessed at that time. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does. It makes sense. And then, um, then he goes to Malkin's and he goes, and he's like, crap. Oh, wait, I forgot. I met Draco at this point. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah. And he, think, and he goes, hmm, that's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically he starts messing with Draco and not getting, uh, not getting huffy at, you know, Draco's little smarmy comments about things. So, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm a seeker. Yeah, I think I'll go for Gryffindor. They have the best parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Draco makes his snide comment about, uh, imagine being a Hufflepuff, I think I'd leave, which Ken and Harry found a little bit off-putting because he had no idea what any of these things were. were. He's like, mm-hmm, I don't know, I'm not sure I'd leave, but I might defect. It sounds like a pillow or a marshmallow or something. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. And so, and because he's acting that way, Draco approves of him. Mm-hmm. Draco hasn't... Harry's a pureblood because he knows these things. Right. And at the end, Draco wants to know what his name is, and Harry won't tell him. Harry says he needs to guess. Yeah, and see if you could figure it out by the time we get to the Hogwarts the, Express. The train. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Draco makes fun of... Well, and there's one line in here that I really liked, because in canon it sort of gets glossed over, and here they give us an answer, and it's that um, Draco's mom is down looking at wands, and Harry says something like, or, uh, I guess that's Drake, kind of useless without yeah. you there because the yeah. one chooses the wizard. One, one of them fun. says that, and I thought that was really great. Yeah. So it gives her something to do. And he still makes his, you know, bigoted comments about Hagrid. Oh, isn't he a sort of servant? And Harry's like, no, actually, a gamekeeper is very different from a servant. If you, you know, have to run a manor, you ought to know that. And Draco's like, oh, um. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he really kind of educates Draco and puts Draco in his place, but he does it in such a way that Draco's not offended, which is really mm-hmm. cool because at the point that they actually get on the train, Draco's and, and Harry aren't friends, but they're not enemies. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a really good place to be. They're, yeah. They're, they're on good terms of acquaintance. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, I mean, you work with people, it doesn't mean you have to be friends with them, but the thing is you can be associated with them. Right. Because, yeah. you know, Draco's still kind of a snot-nosed little kid, but he's he's, he's 11, not. and Harry's not going to let that get under his skin. Right. He doesn't care anymore. Because Harry's but, not 11. Yeah, I've got better enemies than Draco. I don't need mm-hmm. to make an enemy out of Draco. Yeah. Obviously, he does turn out to be a 
vaguely okay guy by the end of where Harry's coming from. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking, well, maybe we can speed that along better. And he's also thinking that a little bit about the Dursleys. I think that happens in the next chapter. He's mm-hmm. sort of considering he doesn't really mind antagonizing Uncle Vernon because he's not going to get much of anything out of that regardless. But he'd kind of like to see if he can get closer to Petunia and Dudley over the summers because they turned out to be sort of okay. Right. Maybe it'd be, it'd, the summers would be less of a hassle for him if he could be on better terms with them earlier. And uh, I, I just love it. Like Vernon, like after, after the whole Draco, after the whole Draco thing, he goes, he goes back to to the Vernons, and he's getting Vernons going. So where's the school anywhere? School anyway? And Harry's like Scotland. Can he be more specific? Were you planning to come for family day? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, then why do I need to be more specific? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of get the feeling Petunia might actually not mind doing that if they could. Yeah. But she looks horrified by the idea, of course, but I bet she'd go for it if they let her. Um, yeah, that's just, yeah, this story just has some cute banter. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there, like I said, I didn't read the, in the beginning that it was a freaking parody. And so I'm just reading along and I'm just like, well, I mean, I'm taking a drink and I almost got stuff coming out of my nose. Because... <laughs> I just started laughing because it was just, it's just something I just wasn't expecting. Especially mm-hmm. with yeah. the Draco thing and mother later on. That, did, I mean, that, that just made my freaking day. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it helps to, you know, know that it is meant to be a parody because it's not like completely outrageous in the sort of parody where, you know, Harry is the most powerful magic user ever and turns mm-hmm. into a flying unicorn and does whatever else. But it means that Harry gets to be snarky with everybody and say all these goofy things and plug or create plot holes as the whim uh, takes him uh, without a lot of consequences. Like, if you were writing this as a serious fic, you'd go, like, seriously, Harry, do you think you would maybe not have so smart a mouth and you might skate by a little better and not get yourself in a lot of trouble? Mm -hmm. But because it's treating this lightly, he doesn't usually get in a bunch of trouble and it's not... It doesn't throw you out of the story if you realize that, you know, that's the way this story is going to be. Right. And so we start um, chapter two with another moment from the first book. Where Uncle Vernon's going, well, here we are at platform nine and ten. Where are you going to find nine and three quarters? And, you know, he's having a bit of fun at Harry's expense. But this Harry knows exactly where nine and three quarters is. And mm-hmm. she's, well, obviously, it's the magic platform. They're not going to have it out there where everybody can see. <laughs> yeah, you moron. <laughs> and Vernon looks like he's going to belt him, and Harry's like, I wouldn't do anything with all these witnesses. <laughs> yeah. So Vernon's going to have a hard time in this story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And but I'm pretty sure not- so is, uh, you know, Lucius and those sorts of people once we get to them. Good yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, probably antagonizing Mongols not the best idea, but I won't see him for a while, so... Hopefully he'll be over it by the time I get there. He'll burn off some steam. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. oh, the new PC money. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. And Harry introduces himself straight out this time so Ginny can actually say, oh, yes, you got to see Harry Potter. Yes. And and again, here's one of those plot holes that is actually in canon 
Now, what's the platform number again? Molly asks. And Harry thinks to himself, you know, she's been bringing kids here for a really long time. How can she not remember the platform number? Yeah, but, my sort of head canon about that is it's not that she doesn't remember it. She's doing a teaching moment with Jenny yeah. because Jenny's the one that answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but, I kind of agree with that, but yeah. sometimes it does seem a little bit awkward. You know? <laughs> yes. You're coming through the muggle station and, and being, you know, in, trying to be inconspicuous and you're loudly talking about muggles and platform nine and three quarters. Right. And, you know, in canon, she's doing it just because Harry needs to be able to hear her say that so that he knows to approach them. But at the same time, you know, they're... It's because we said so. Right. Yes. This is where the plot bunny for Molly the Time Traveler comes from for Aaron's Vic. So, you know. (laughs) One of these days, we're going to get to read that. I can't wait. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, she's doing it on purpose so that Harry can hear her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, <laughs> and people go, are you really? Are you really Harry Potter? And Harry's like, like yes, really. Are you really, really, really one? Yeah. <laughs> am I not supposed to know who I am? Mm-hmm. Someone's got to be Harry Potter. Yeah. So then he turns yeah. and says, can you show me how to find the platform? And Mrs. Weasley's eyes are full of tears. Such a polite young boy. So tragic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that goes pretty much as it does in canon. And Fred comes up to give him a hand with his trunk, or possibly George. It's a twin that yells over to the other twin and calls him Fred. And Harry's like, oh, obviously the one saying that is Fred, because they never say the right names. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, and then he sees Fred alive again, and he's just like, it takes him back a minute. You know, because mm-hmm. he... here are both twins and they both have both ears. Mm-hmm. But because they'd already gone through when he went up to uh, Mrs. Weasley and introduced himself, he decides to have fun with them and introduces himself as Draco Malfoy. Right. I don't know why he decides to do this, but this is one of the random parody elements that crops up in this fic, and he decides, oh yes, I'm Draco Malfoy, and the reason I have black hair and both Lucius and Narcissa are blonde is that uh, Lucius was having a torrid affair. Not Lucius. uh, Narcissa was having a torrid affair with Snape. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you could find fic for that, too. I'm sure you could, but hopefully it did not produce Draco. Oh, wait. We're getting a little bit out there when we're going that far. But yes. yes, and so it starts this and terrible rumor. what he does rumor. is he starts by loudly deni- denying this rumor that Fred and George had never considered. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it must be true <laughs> that uh, Narcissa I mean, was having a very public affair with Severus Snape. If we are to truly discover the meaning of these events, perhaps we should, for the time being, let them unfold. <laughs> well, that's a good way to clear your sinuses. Yeah, yeah. Suppose. Very, very painful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> and and uh, the kid, the twins go out back to their mother, and it's like, "Hey, mom, guess what? We just met Draco Malfoy." Ginny's <laughs> like, "Well, I met Harry Potter." <laughs> so there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Why do you want to meet Draco Malfoy anyway? Well, that's not the interesting part. Apparently, his mom and Snape were having an affair. And, and he's, he's, like, he's the byproduct. <laughs> oh, I have to go tell Andromeda. You kids be good now. <laughs> well, yeah. It's better gossip than last year's Albus Dumbledore was madly in love with Gellert Grindelwald. Honestly, you'd think Reader Skeeter would learn to stop making up such sensational stories. Obviously, Dumbledore was struck speechless by the blatant lies and thus couldn't be bothered to deny it. And yes, we're all like, yes. Must be it. <laughs> the only time Rita tells the truth is the only time <laughs> Molly doesn't believe her. Nobody oh, believes boy. it. Yeah. And so Ron comes in and sits with Harry and would then Fred and George come in and say, what, what are you sitting with Malfoy for? And it's like, no, this is Harry. This is Harry Potter. And Harry, like, oh, Harry Potter, Draco Malfoy. I get so confused. <laughs> and George is like, George, I think we've been pranked. Are first years allowed to do that? Does that but mean it's... what you said about Snape's not true either? It might be. Feel free to spread the rumor anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Their eyes light up. And, you know, they really would think that this was the best prank ever. Because mm. pranksters that get pranked really good have a respect for you. And so this just starts building that respect that they're going to get for Harry because he and got Ron, them good. Like, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> you pranked Fred and George. Is it because of my facial disfigurement? Yeah. Yeah. But your scar is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, of course, he wants to know if Harry remembers getting the scar. And eventually, Harry kind of uh, talks it around for a little bit. People don't understand how scars work. This is not, it's not a memory storage device. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, I was only 15 months old, you know. Mm -hmm. But he does tell him the stuff that he got from the Dementor memory. Mm-hmm. green light and laughing and his dad getting killed and so on. And now Ron's kind of horrified by the whole thing. And we get another line from Tannen about, oh yeah, all my family are wizards. I think mom's got a second cousin who's an accountant, but we never talk about him. And this Harry notices that. Right. Says, why not? I don't know. We just don't. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because it's like, okay, wow, are Molly and Arthur prejudiced or racist too? That they don't acknowledge their squib, you know, accountant. And mm. if the Weasleys can do that, then how much more would, like, the Malfoys be? So it's kind of a neat aha moment. It's a, it's a good thing to bring up. I've seen it referenced other places before where people notice that line. Mm-hmm. But- yeah, I've noticed that. I mean, everybody, some people say things like, yeah, it, it is or is it? I mean, who knows? You just don't know. It could be, yeah, it could be the prejudice thing. Or it could be, you know what? I don't talk about my second cousins either. I'm not entirely sure who most of them are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, you know. I barely talk about my cousins. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah, heck, I mean, there's first cousins I've only met once. Mm-hmm. And then we skip along to Neville coming in looking for Trevor, and Harry Neville offers to <laughs> Neville and Hermione. Mm-hmm. No, but and... you could just summon it. Yeah. So he he shows off a fifth year spell as a first year, or not even a first year yet. And it takes a little while because it's a summoning charm. So Hermione is like, Are you sure that's a real spell? Then here comes a flying toad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ron's like, Why didn't you do that the first time Neville came looking? 
Oh, um, I forgot. Yeah. That's because I wanted to meet Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Hermione Granger, by the way. I'm Ron Weasley. He, he says after staring at her blankly for three whole minutes. <laughs> That's a long time. And, and Harry Potter. Yeah. It's because she's been doing her, um, willow babble thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right spells for practice and it's all worked for me. Nobody, but my climbing was magic at all. It's ever such a surprise, but I was so pleased, of course. It's the best school of wish yet there is. Oh, and I've learned all our set books by heart. By the way, I'm Hermione. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of like one of those things you have to sit there for a little bit and just so it goes Process. through processes. Through uh, yeah, and and it's kind of like Ryan monologuing. You stop and you, you have to wait because sometimes he's just pausing to take a breath and he's going to start going fun. again. And so you just have to wait a minute to find out if he's actually stopped. So, yeah, I can totally understand this. Yes. And once again, Hermione says, oh, are you really Harry Potter? And I say, what is it with people not thinking I know my own name? Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. And he he says that he's memorized the potions book. And he only did it because he can't remember what question Snape asked him last time. It'd been so long. And he doesn't want to have that same predicament. So he's just memorized the whole book. Yeah. And Ron looks a little uncomfortable. But, mm-hmm. uh, and he tells her not to believe everything she reads in modern magical history and the rise and fall of the dark arts. She's going, why not? And also not to believe everything in the Daily Prophet and Witch Weekly because, you know, tomorrow they might be running a story on how Draco Malfoy is Narcissa Malfoy and Severus Snape's love child. Really? Why would that be? Oh, you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> she doesn't get it because she doesn't know who any of these people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she and Neville are sort of hovering a little bit, and I guess they're going to go, and Harry realizes they don't really want to and invites them to sit and eat their candy with them. So yeah. they do. And That's then nice. Draco comes in and says, Neville Longbottom. And Neville's like, um, yeah, what? <laughs> Draco's like, not you, him. <laughs> uh, no, That's Neville over there. Oh, Was I close? Well, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Harry acknowledges he probably is related to Neville, all the inbreeding and everything. Mm-hmm. But he says he's Harry Potter. And, oh, huh. No, he's so not. you are. It's just so funny. I just love it. <laughs> it's funny because I heard from a lot of people just how funny this is. And, and I laughed out loud a few times. But I don't find it as funny as everybody else found it. I don't know why. But it was one of those that I was like, okay, it's a fun story, but I'm not chuckling every couple of minutes like a lot of people said they were. So I, I was because it's just so darn snarky. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I think yeah. he's a, I'm a snarky person. You are a yeah. snarky person. It has I, to be your particular sense of humor, I think. Mm-hmm. I find it amusing, but it hasn't been making me you know, laugh out loud as much. But um, like I, I said, still like enjoy I had, it. I had... I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's very dry humor, mm-hmm. too. It's not, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's British, but I find it to be more like a British dry humor. Right. Kind of. And that's just my kind of sense of humor. I like that dryness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's no slapstick, or, I mean, I enjoy my slapstick and stuff like that, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a different sort of humor, but it's fun. And, you know, th- things are a little weird, like, why would he introduce this whole story about Snape and Narcissa, but once you, if you just sort of go with that, it uh, becomes a thread. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he would love to do something like that to get back at Draco. It's kind of a fun thing. (laughs) It's true. And he's also getting back at Snape at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. by the way, it's kind of unfair, too. I mean, because he's 
Draco's in love. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the intelligence there is just not fair. I mean, yeah. Hermione it's might that, be one. Never get in a battle of wits with an unarmed foe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Never get in a battle with a Sicilian when that's on the line. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we got Princess Bride in here. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, gotta have that with that. Why not? We like to throw Princess, but of course, that's not one of the ones I actually have on tap. I have Iogreen oh. powder on tap, but I don't have that one. But I'm sure I can find it. Oh, we can find it for you. Yep. Unfortunately, I am editing this where I don't have internet. So I'm sorry. We don't have that sound clip. All right, chapter three. We're discussing mm-hmm. houses. Yay, houses. Harry managed to get yeah. through the day in the, the first meeting and doesn't shake Draco's hand, but kind of talks him around to, I don't want to say absolutely that I'll take all your advice on who to be friends with because I want to figure that out myself. And mm-hmm. Draco manages to go with it. Yeah. And they, all the people he's talking with in, it looks like this is in the great hall, in the entrance hall, because mm-hmm. Ernie's there, he's suddenly there. Yeah, it's the, um, it's the first years waiting for the door to open, I think. Yeah. And, you know, Ron says, oh, all my family have been in Gryffindor, and uh, uh, Ernie says, all my family have been in Hufflepuff, and Draco says, all my family have been in Slytherin. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, if you really just want to be there because everybody else has been there, that sounds more like a Hufflepuff trait to me. (laughs) (laughs) And Ron goes white. You didn't mean that, did you? I really want to be in Gryffindor. Well, I'm sure you'll be there. (laughs) I'm sure you will be. It's okay. And then when it comes to his name and he gets announced, um, everybody's going, Oh, did she say Harry Potter? Is Harry Potter? Is that the real Harry Potter? The real Harry Potter? (gasps) Yes. I'm Harry Potter. That is my name. I am aware of it. Stop implying I that sure I don't know I'm sure that I'm really I Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't and have the, the capabilities in any self-respecting one-year-old. I will hex them. Mm-hmm. You have more. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have hat. Hmm. <laughs> difficult. Very difficult. Oh, hat. And Harry's like, why is it difficult? You've already sorted me it's once. Like, it's not difficult. You already did it. Yes, but now well, you've yeah, gone but back now in you've time. gone through all this other stuff. It's a very slick thing to do. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You're Except incredibly for- intelligent for someone of your age. Maybe you should be a Ravenclaw. Like, no, I'm average for someone of my actual age. <laughs> so no, I should. <laughs> Just that I look like I'm. Well, Although I'm, yeah. I'll be damned if Hermione mm-hmm. beats me as far as grades go. I don't care if she's a genius. I'm still <laughs> 12 years older than she is. <laughs> Fine. All right. <laughs> How about Hufflepuff? There he's like, go ahead. I'll just transfer to Gryffindor. Uh, I just transfer to Gryffindor. That's <laughs> like, can you do that? I can do that. <laughs> sure I can. I'm the boy who lived. They haven't had any hysteria yet. I can do whatever. All right, fine. Yeah. I'll just put you in Gryffindor. Yeah, but it's pretty funny. They have <laughs> I just great... love it. Yes. It's just so. It's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Well, anything. I love a good banter with mm-hmm. hat. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking yeah. to myself because maybe I should put you in Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> and they go through all the stereotypes of the houses and mm-hmm. yeah. And Hat of course doesn't remember having put him in Gryffindor before, um, but he's guessing the reason it happened is because as a terrified 11-year-old, he dared to argue with the being that's deciding the course of his life and he's going 
that's not the course of my life. It's only seven years, surely. No, 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 those stereotypes hang around. (laughs) (laughs) Name one Slytherin nobody thought was evil or a coward. And everyone thinks all the Ravenclaws are just smart and have no idea how to do anything. And Hufflepuffs are supposed to take everybody that can't fit in any of the other ones. And yet somehow Cedric was the the embodiment of Hogwarts in that mm-hmm. year. And yeah. the Gryffindors are just cannon fodder. Still, you know, run in and get killed first and then everybody else can mop it up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what those brave Gryffindors do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then mm-hmm. Ron gets sorted into Gryffindor, and Percy's like, "Well done, Ron! Excellent!" And Harry's like, "What do you mean excellent? He got a Hogwarts letter. Of course they were going to sort him." And Percy's like, "I mean, good job getting into Gryffindor." And Harry's like, "Why? Do you disapproved if he got into one of the other houses? Aren't you a prefect supposed to be supporting interhouse unity? Maybe I'd better talk to the headmaster about this." And Percy's like, <laughs> "Yeah, he pales." <laughs> Ah, Percy deserves yeah. this. this well, is he doesn't support interhouse unity. It's just that, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they tune into Seamus's conversation with Nick about how did the bloody Baron get covered in blood? And Harry's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick's like, how would you know? Harry's like, magic. And so he tells them the story, which we don't find out until the seventh book. So there you go. Like, how did you know this? It, oh, the gray lady it, told I me. When? Cur- Seventh year. <laughs> <laughs> what, Trisha? Yeah. I like when she, I like when Seamus goes like, I'm half and half. Me, my dad's a, me dad's a muggle. Me mom's a witch. Until after a bit, bit of a nasty shock. And, and it's kind of, he kind of, th- Harry thinks about it. He's like, I thought it was funny. But then he thinks about, you know what? You're, you're lucky your dad took it so well because he could have left. Yeah. Kind of bumps. Yeah. Kind of. Was was Snape's dad a mongol? Yes. Yes. Okay, I couldn't remember. I was just thinking. And then we have Neville telling the story about Great Uncle Elge, however you say it. Throwing him out the window. And dropping him and all of that stuff. And Harry's like, well, wait a minute. That's terrible. Your family was trying to kill you. They'd rather have you dead or with magic. Not just, you know, Neville. And Neville's like, well, I never thought of it that way. Well, they weren't trying to hurt me. They just wanted me to be magic. And Harry's like, no, they weren't. They were trying to hurt you. This is wrong. Very, very wrong. So, poor Neville. Yeah, so he's kind of paying a little bit more attention to Harry mm-hmm. from the off here. And then Draco comes over to, um, or wait, is that? Yeah, no, no, first we uh, get Coral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next thing with um, Neville is a Draco thing, but first we have Coral doing the uh, the role, and Harry decides he's going to take advantage of being a clueless 11-year-old and just say, your turban makes my scar hurt. Can you please not face uh, com- directly away from me? <laughs> <laughs> and Curl's like, what? <laughs> he looks sort of panicked. And Hermione's like, don't you mean your head? And Harry's like, no, it's my scar. And he doesn't know how to explain it either, so Mm-mm. they just sort of leave it there. And then we get to potions. Dun, dun, and dun. Snape starts with his, ah, oh, yes, Harry Potter, our new celebrity. <laughs> and he says, oh, did you want my autograph? I'm sorry, I'm just not very used to this. Because, you know, up till two weeks ago, I thought my parents were drunken bums who died in a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this here reminds me, when, when did Harry 
I think it might have been. I think it might have been the sixth book where Harry gets snarky with Snape. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of reminded me. It kind of reminded me of that. Right. Like, no, you don't have to call me sir. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the line. I was trying to remember it. I'm like, wait a minute, what is that line? Yeah, you don't have to call it, me sir. It, it, yeah. was, it was. Harry's just... counting the veins in Snape's forehead. Uh, yeah, as they throb out. <sighs> And so he asks his three questions, mm-hmm. and Harry knows what the answers are. And where would you find a bezoar? In the potions cupboard? <laughs> I'm not going to go out and slaughter a goat to get myself a bezoar. <laughs> yeah. Surely you don't expect me to do that as an 11-year-old. Yeah, It's not very nice of you to try to trick me with all these questions that are more advanced than what I should actually know. It's a good thing I memorized my book. Mm-hmm. Well, and Snape, I guess you're competent. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a, that's, have, that's high praise, man. That's it is. That's as far as you're going to get from Snape at this point. But then we come into the flower language again, and we, we've just had a fic with this. And it's. I've been seeing this a lot. Yeah, we've seen it a lot. And Somebody came up with it, and people are noticing that and going, huh, that's mm-hmm. an interesting thought. And I putting don't it really in things. JK really did that on where it was just. Mm-hmm. I think that could be like this question. You know, yeah, there was another question. I was listening to something today or yesterday, and I was like, I am going to go tweet JKR and find out what this But I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> so I'm sure it's in one of these chapters. We'll find it again. But Harry thanks Snape. He figures out that it could mean that the flower language could mean I bitter, bitterly regret Lily's death. And so Harry takes a chance and just says thank you. Well, it even it works even if he isn't because that Snape has just said, I suppose you qualify as competent. Right. So, yeah. And then he gets everyone to copy it down, and Harry subtly steers Neville to work with Hermione so mm-hmm. that he doesn't melt any cauldrons instead of working with Seamus. Yeah, don't work with Seamus. That's never a good thing. Yeah, he blows stuff up and Harry in. Neville mm-hmm. melts things. Yeah. Well, the blowing stuff up is a extrapolation from one incident in the book canon. It just happens more in the movies. But, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like um, Fred and George yes, calling each other Gred and Forge. It only happens once, but it shows up but all the time in fix. In fix, yeah. So then we have chapter four, and we're going to go flying. <laughs> it's not a kite. And Harry's trying to figure out how to still get on the team without making an enemy of Draco because he kind of likes this not having an enemy of Draco thing. And Mm -hmm. so he's got to kind of come up with a way to work this out without, you know, it happening the way it had before. And he wonders about Madame Hooch because why didn't she just fix Neville's arm? Why did she panic? And then he wonders, well, maybe she's a squib, which we don't know. But He never saw her doing magic. She flies, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she does fly because she she's the referee. She's usually the referee. The referee, so she has maybe to be. Just, maybe she's just not competent in yeah, healing. Yeah, in healing. But I think she has to be a witch. Yeah, I mean, if she, I mean, if she can fly or brew because she is the referee during all the Quidditch matches, so she has to be. Able she has to, to be magic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I just think she's just not competent. She's taking him to the. To, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe she's. Yeah, you would think she would be competent if you. If well, yeah. Referee and stuff, but referee and, and you know, 
She Maybe knows Madame Pumphrey's going to be able to fix him in a, in a wave of her wand. So why is she so panicked about this whole thing? You know, I got to get him up. But maybe she's friends with Augusta and she doesn't want to have to tell her that she broke Neville. I, we don't know. Maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe, like you said, she might be like she might be afraid of being sued or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Or maybe it's a school policy. The nurse handles all of this stuff. Right. It could be. Yeah. Just got to go get Poppy to do that kind of thing. And because the only other person we see try and heal anything is Gilderoy, and he's just... He's incompetent, for sure. He's incompetent in everything. Well, except memory terms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have looked up the language of flowers, by the way, just to try and find a more primary source. Apparently, asphodel is my regrets follow you to the grave. Uh, wormwood is bitterness, generally. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, as an interesting counterpoint, aconite is, um, oh, it was here just a second ago, uh, misanthropy. <laughs> I don't like people. <laughs> okay. So there you go. So Draco comes over to give Neville a bad time about the remember all. Ron's ready to fight. Harry says, oh, sit down. It's too early to fight. I haven't finished my breakfast yet. But, but, but Malfoy. Oh, he'll be around later. Don't worry about it. I'm sure he can pick a fight with him some other time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, Malfoy, what is it about this remember all? Is it just too shiny to resist? Are you a kleptomaniac, Draco? <laughs> <laughs> what the bloody hell was that? <laughs> well, and I love this. Well, initially I came over to taunt Weasel Boy about his broom quality. And Harry's like, snort. And he's like, oh, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be 11, that should have gone over my head, but it didn't. And Hermione just, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a kleptomaniac? What the bloody hell is that? <laughs> and so and so that's pretty much a movie, you know, shout out, because I don't think we see Draco as a kleptomaniac in the books. No. But in the movies, I, he does pick up a, a package and shake it, but I think it's more curiosity than, you know, I don't think he actually pockets it, but in the, in the movies, he certainly does. And then Harry gets in to return the member all and he goes back to his own table and Hermione wants to know why Harry puts up with him. And Harry's like, what do you mean? And she says, well, he doesn't seem like a very pleasant person. And Harry's like, well, unpleasant people need friends too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just says, I think my life would be a lot simpler if I keep my list of enemies down to a minimum. And, you know, maybe it'll be fun as just a sort of friendly rival of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she explains a little bit about, um, he explains about the Malfoys being a Death Eater family and what he knows about Narcissa's sympathies and so on and what the pureblood ideology means because... Hermione's seen the terms in the books, but nobody has explained it because they right. assume everyone knows. Mm-hmm. So he explains about the, if you have four wizarding grandparents, you're pure blood technically. But the ones who really care about that is basically you have to not be, a, you have to not remember the last time there was a muggle in your family tree. Right. Then you're really a pure blood. And he's like, but that doesn't work. How do they keep from marrying muckles or half-bloods? He's like, just think about it. <laughs> and she's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather yeah. marry... My philosophy is if you know how closely you're related to someone, you're too closely related to date. Mm-hmm. You know, he's I don't beautiful. think they look inbred enough. 
like I always, fig- I always figured, you know, if you've got pure bloods and you're only marrying pure bloods and you don't really get a sense of the wizarding world is huge, then, then obviously your average run of the mill pure blood is going to look like it got hit upside the head with an ugly stick, you know? Yeah, but, but it'd be really hard to find inbred people to play the part. <laughs> <laughs> they can go to, they can go to Arkansas. Look, it's Uncle Grandpa. This is why I'm here, I think. Okay. <laughs> I'm picturing like some random guy with a helmet on. Like in the scene of the for his secrets with With like one eye that just kind of drifts. Yeah. Good idea. I'm never going to look up Jenny's family tree. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. And then we skip to flying lesson, mm-hmm. and Neville does, in fact, fall off his broom, and we have these wonderings about that, and then Draco comes and picks up the rememberall again. Harry's like, seriously, are you, why are you so fascinated with that thing? I thought you said it was worthless. I'm sure your father can buy one if you really want one that badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's have a, let's have a contest. We'll get somebody we'll- just to throw it, and then we'll both chase it and see who can get to it. And and if I win, then it'll be my way. And if you win, it'll be your way. And, yeah. and if we both miss, then it'll break anyway. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. chooses Theodore not to be the judge because he figures Draco won't accept a Gryffindor judge. And Theo apparently isn't one of the ones who follows him around. Right. So he's about as impartial as they're going to get. And they do their little race. And it it wasn't, you know, high up into the air. As much, I guess it is a little bit because Nott comes up with yeah, them and then Nott goes up it. with them too and throws it. So they dive for it, and Harry manages to catch it. And then Professor McGonagall comes and yells at both of them mm-hmm. and goes to get Flint as well as Wood and and talks to Snape. And they both get to be seekers at first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I love Draco. My father is going to kill me. And Harry's like, if you were going to get into trouble, she wouldn't have needed to get Snape involved. What do you think he's talking about? Oh, I think maybe you're going to be the Slytherin Seeker? <laughs> what makes you think that? <laughs> oh, magic. <laughs> My scar told me. <laughs> My scar is a divination rod. <laughs> yeah, he gets into that a little later in the story, because he keeps just bringing up these things that he knows and has no mm-hmm. reason to possibly know. And so he decides that uh, his scar is a seer. Yes. He's not. He He's doesn't not. know anything but necessarily, his but his scar tells his him scar things. Tells him all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it yeah. so funny. It, it's kind of like you know how we always say because the plot said so. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because the scar said so. Right. Yes. Yeah. In this one, it's the scar. Harry's very genre savvy in this one. <laughs> So, and he, he has a nice evening because Draco's not trying to get him expelled and he's not wandering around because he already knows everything that's going to happen. So he's so he just... He doesn't have to go find the Philosopher's Stone or yeah. confront Fluffy or anything. And he's wondering if he even has to do anything about it because if he's not there, maybe Quirrell can't even get the stone. Right. And does it matter? But then he thinks, well, maybe then he'd still be here next year and I don't know whether that's good... Hmm. Yeah. So he's going to have to think about that. We don't want Quirly Volt <laughs> coming back. And then the next day, the owls bring in two broom-shaped packages with a note that says, don't open this in front of everybody because we don't want them to know what it is. And Ari's like, like they couldn't figure this out. 
Mm-hmm. And it totally. I think that's a little bit more of a movie thing. Uh huh. I have I have the impression that in the book they were just sort of long and rectangular, mm-hmm. so it could have possibly been something else. Yeah, you know, Harry needed a new walking stick. Yeah, yeah. So it it reminds me of Bull on uh, Night Court, where he he wraps the tricycle in. You know, he wraps the newspaper around every piece of the tricycle, so you can tell by looking at it that it is a tricycle. It's like, oh, they'll never guess what this is. It's like, yeah, right. Yeah. And Ron is, again, excited about the Nimbus 2000. Mm-hmm. And Harry decides, hmm, maybe I'll get him one for Christmas. Yeah, which is really cool. Because he doesn't care so much about spending money. And Hermione is disappointed because they're being rewarded for breaking the rules. It's like, no, we're being rewarded for being ridiculously good at Quidditch. And, you know, my parents were brutally murdered. You say that a lot. Well, yeah, so does everyone else. I'm just trying to keep up. (laughs) (laughs) Still can't believe you were rewarded for risking your life. I know. They weren't going to expel me, but at least I could have lost some points. So, yes, and here we find out that, or coming up soon, I don't know if it's exactly here, that Harry does not want to win the House Cup. He thinks it's absolutely ridiculous, the House Cup. And so he's doing his best to lose points. Yeah. As much as possible, he decides the the house cup is not a thing to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, he's just talking to Hermione about, well, you know, you don't have to keep track of the rules for everyone else. And, you know, it's true that they're there for a reason, and most of them are good, but I'm not going to follow the ones that are dumb. And besides, I'm 11. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he says, so, we're friends again? And Hermione's like, we were friends? <laughs> yeah, great. Hermione's like, oh, I have a friend. And then we have... And then we have the first major twist beyond Harry being a bit of a smart mouth. Mm-hmm. He gets a letter from Sirius. Yeah. In first year. He says, hey, <laughs> hi, Harry. You've probably never heard of me. If you have, you've been hearing a pack of vile lies, except the stuff about me being a teenager. When you reach puberty, you'll understand. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm not a mass murderer, not a supporter of Voldemort, and I'm your godfather. Surprise! Serious <laughs> <laughs> black, ex-con extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> Harry snorts. Typical. And there it is in the prophet. Yeah. That he's escaped. And Harry's trying to figure this out. Why would he escape so early? You know, what's going on? Mm. And then he figures it out. It's like, wait a minute. He went through the veil, too. So maybe the same thing happened to him. Mm-hmm. Black's allegiance to he who must not be named came as a great shock. Well, yeah, maybe we should think about that, says Harry. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he's being very sarcastic about it. It's, he was certainly not a member of one of the most prominent dark families in Britain, nor implicated in attempted murder when he was 16. We just thought since why everyone's really scared about Black, because, you know, anybody can kill muggles, and it's not like Pettigrew is that great a wizard, and there's always... Also, Bellatrix Lestrange to be scared of, but, well, people seem to be scared of him, and he did break out of Azkaban, so there's that. Mm-hmm. I just, I just like he, like he, he was buttering his sleep, that crazy kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go back to Majorca. 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 Who exactly is the greasy kid in Slotka? And is he actually heading to Spain? No, Sirius is throwing you off the set. Yeah. So then we go to Charms class, and people are kind of looking at Harry because they know things about Sirius Black that he's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
some point when Ron's starting to look angry with Hermione, he floats his feather over there and starts poking him with it. Mm-hmm. Kind like of he's annoyed him. with him instead. Yeah, so that he doesn't get annoyed with Hermione. Although he's still, like, by the end of the class, it's like, well, at least you didn't go rubbing everyone's face in it. No one could stand there. And he's like, you're just bad. She connected your pronunciation and you never would have got it if you hadn't. Oh, and here's my rule. You don't badmouth my friends in front of me. So I don't let Draco say anything about you when you're not there. You don't get to say anything about Hermione. Mm-hmm. And Hermione actually is behind him and her eyes are brimming with tears. And she says, thank you. So we have the Halloween feast, and she's not off crying in the bathroom, but Quirrell still comes barreling in, because there's a troll in the dungeons. <laughs> Thought you ought to know. Thunk. And Harry's been eating as quickly as possible, because he knows the feast is going to get interrupted. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the same up in the common room somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he stands and- up. Go ahead. So, I'm feeling reckless, and thus I'm going to go looking for the troll. Who's with me? And one of the twins is like, we're in. <laughs> First he's like, Fred! And Hermione's Hermione says, I suppose I'll have to go to make sure you don't get yourself killed. For the record, this totally counts as endangering others. And Ron's like, she's, she's going, up, going. <laughs> And Neville's like, all right, let's go! So Percy just kind of follows behind them and sends mm-hmm. the one of the other prefects to take the rest of the Gryffindors to the common room. Yeah. And so he goes to the girls' bathroom, so he knows that's where it's going. I like it. My excellent troll says seem to be winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found the troll. Da, da, da. So he, he teaches all of that. He has all of them except Ron and Neville cast Sectum Semper at it and has the two of them levitate the club. Mm-hmm. So he knows that worked. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure how Hermione is supposed to know what Sectum Semper is, but oh well. Apparently she does in this one. She, she can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. She's watching him and can do what he does. And yeah. so they knock it out finally. And yeah. George is like, wow, keep this up. And we might actually admit that we're related. Yeah. And Percy's like, well done, Ron. And then there come the professors. Mm-hmm. And Gonagall is mad. Yeah. Lucky you weren't killed and... He says, well, I was um, upset about having the serious black guy break out of prison. And Neville was feeling that way because the article said things about Bellatrix. But he just kind of followed me because I was already going. And uh, Percy tried to tell us not to, but then he decided he had to come keep an eye on us. And he did send the rest of the Gryffindors back with another prefect. And so only Harry gets points points taken. taken away and everybody else gets some. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's like, you realize you're insane, right? <laughs> yeah. I got 25 points. Which I'm and this trying. is when he figures out that Sirius must have fallen through the veil. Through the veil, yeah. And we move on. And mm-hmm. Harry wants to... This is going to be my last chapter. All right. Harry wants to figure out how they made it through, you know, how... Wait a minute. Harry's trying to figure out how to get a hold of Sirius. Yeah. But... So he doesn't have the mirrors anymore at this mm-hmm. point. And Dumbledore is probably monitoring his mail. Mm -hmm. And Sirius has no way to be sure that Harry knows what's going on either. Mm -hmm. So. And he can't just go up and grab Pettigrew because he doesn't know how to reveal an animagus. And there's no way that he should know what that is. Mm -hmm. So he's just going to have to wait for a bit. Yeah. And we have a... First Quidditch match. Yay! And the game starts off okay with just Draco and Harry flying around looking for the sitch. And Harry hopes he'll be able to catch it <clears throat> before Quirrell starts to jinx his broom. But no. But no. 
and the broom starts lurching and he's like, ugh. And he, about that. he doesn't want Hermione and Ron to think it's Snape. So he's got to figure out something to do before they go and attack Snape. Mm-hmm. And, and so what he does is <laughs> he just sort of decides to jump off the broom. at them. Yeah. He waits until the snitch is below him and falls off the broom and then everybody's slowing him down. Mm-hmm. He just kind of, but it's going, they're slowing him down too much and he's going to miss the snitch. So he does like a swan dive position and mm-hmm. then grabs it. Yeah. And he's like, and, and he's starting. And to- apparently it's Snape that's slowing him down. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who's been paying attention. <laughs> and he lands gently on his feet. Which is surprising because he really thought Snape was going to let him fall when he got close enough to the ground. But <laughs> yeah, he decides not to do that and mm-hmm. tells Draco good game. And boy, I really lucked out that Snitch happened to be right in the path of my fall, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go to Hagrid's house and or Hagrid's hut, I should say. And Ron says, it's Snape. No. Yeah, he, would he was use... he was muttering and he wouldn't take his eyes off you. Devil's like, doesn't he do that every potions class? <laughs> yeah, well, we provoke him a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Besides, he he's not going to kill me just for being annoying in potions class, and he's not going to try something in front of the whole school. If he was going to kill me, he'd probably poison me instead. Yeah, and so he says it's Quirrell, and Her- and Hagrid's keeps you know Hagrid's like it's not Snape, it's not Quirrell, and Neville's like, but Snape's much scarier than Quirrell. And Harry's and like, Harry says, exactly. exactly. If he was that obvious, Dumbledore would have probably figured it out. Or at least McGonagall, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. and then he and Hermione says, but wouldn't he trust Quirrell, too? He hired him. He's like, nah, but it's Quirrell's first year. And there's some sort of curse on the position anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he... And Snape doesn't make my scar hurt. Oh, God, <laughs> not that again. <laughs> people in turbans are not to be trusted. How many people have you met with turbans? Just one. <laughs> but, yeah. Then we move on, and it's almost Christmas, and Harry really needs to get the Christmas gifts ordered. So he play, but he pays the Weasley twins ten galleons apiece to have snowballs constantly being thrown at Coral and bouncing off the back of his turban. And they don't want to take that much money until he impresses on them that he means 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, so, and they manage to prevent the snow from melting when Quirrell goes inside mm-hmm. and hide it when any other teachers are around. Because they really are geniuses. Well, yeah. I guess he, he's just pretty much getting them ready for the quidditch, for, for the joke shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they spot Hagrid as they're heading to the Great Hall and he wants to know, Ron wants to know if they need, he needs any help. Apparently, I guess he's dragging in one of the trees. It doesn't actually mm-hmm. say that. But, yeah. But he's blocking the way, and Malfoy wants to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Malfoy's giving him a bad time. Hoping to be a gamekeeper when you leave Hogwarts? I suppose Hagrid's must seem like a palace compared to what your family's used to. And Harry's like, how do you know what Ron's house looks like? Are you a stalker? No, of course not. Well, it sounds like you are. What do you think, Ron? <laughs> hmm, I think you're right. Besides, not everybody can be a Lord of the Manor. There's got to be somebody else around. Yeah, otherwise Lords of the Manor wouldn't be a special thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I love this this relationship with Harry and Draco because Harry is slowly teaching Draco things. And he's doing it in this this way that Draco's not really understanding that he's getting taught stuff. 
but it really makes him think. And I just love that. Mm -hmm. And Snape shows up and wants to know what's going on. And Harry says, oh, we're just having a discussion on whether inbreeding affects one's memory. Oh, then why is Ron mad? Well, because he's a pureblood, so he's kind of offended. And Neville's not mad because he's often wondered the same thing. Because, you know, he's had memory problems over the years, or at least he thinks so. Mm -hmm. So Snape finally just says, move along. <laughs> so we go, it's Christmas morning, mm -hmm. and he seems to have got more presents this year than the first time it was this year. Yes. And Ron is absolutely flabbergasted that he's got this new broom. Mm -hmm. and, and Ron didn't even give, well, I, I guess he gives him something in this. There's an author's note at one point that talks about it, but it must be in the next chapter but he you know he's got this great he's so he gets his flute from hagrid and his 50 pence piece from aunt petunia which he gives to ron death mm -hmm. threats from uncle vernon the weasley sweater and, and fudge from molly which is what he wanted chocolate frogs his invis father's inv invisibility cloak pranking 101 from the twins that's new yep broomstick servicing kit from draco also mm -hmm. new and a photo of james lily frank and alice from neville Right. Which is cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And so, and, you know, he starts to, Ron starts to say, I can't accept this. And Harry says, your mother made me a sweater because you knew my relatives wouldn't bother. And so I got you a broom so you can have advantage when you're playing the twins because they are good. And he looks, and Ron, you know, he wants to bristle at this because, you know, it's charity. But he kind of overcomes. He really wants this broom, too. Yeah. <laughs> and he gives the twins a book on how to become animagus. Oh no! Which is great. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's bad. It's also <laughs> scary. Yeah. What do you think the twins would have been? I don't know. I don't know. I could see them being foxes. I've seen that before. Mm -hmm. Although some people do that just because they're orange. Monkeys. Yeah, they could be like spider monkeys or something. Yeah, kind uh, of like a, whatever the things that like the night in the museum. They're the ones that went up in the space and, mm -hmm. and, and, and slapped, slapped um, Ben Stiller around all the time. I think I those are spider monkeys. I don't remember. Because I don't think I've seen whatever. the Ida Museum ones. It yeah. might be Gibbons or something, too. Something like that, yeah. Chapucho or something. I don't I can't remember. Anyhow, mm. I don't know if I see them being that. Yeah. yeah. I could see them or, being like weasels, too. I was going to say, they could be weasels. That might be a little on the nose, I suppose, but it might be good. Mm-hmm. They'd probably have fun being otters, although I don't know if they like the water much. Well, they do have the pond. There are lots of kind of playful, tricksy animals that could fit for them. Mm -hmm. Like a mink or a mongoose. I could see them as mongoose. Mm -hmm. Snake killers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it mongooses or mongoose? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Mongai. We'll have to figure that out. Oh, well. So... But, and, but and, they're impressed by this because most people just get them prank stuff, mm -hmm. which is good, but they can't go too much off of previous prank books because they want to be original. Right. And Harry says, well, you know, work on it a little bit. See if you can manage it before you graduate. So they're going to try. Yeah. And he's yeah, also... Like, go ahead. Yeah, I like that he got, he got Dumbledore socks mm -hmm. and... Neville Apology book, hair care products for Draco. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Hogwarts a history for Hermione, so she doesn't have to check it out of the library all the time. 
a sickle for the Dursleys in return for the 50 pence, and the Monster Book of Monsters for Hagrid, because he's obviously going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And Percy comes in with his peas for prefect sweater in one hand. And they force it over his head again, mm-hmm. as per canon. Yep. And, and Percy so actually kind of has a good time. He does. And we move on, but we're going to say goodnight to Trisha. Yes, goodnight. It's getting late for me. Yeah. I've been, enjoy- I've been enjoying reliving the story. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I don't think it'll take us too much longer, so if Scott's up to yeah. it, I think we'll finish it out. Okay. Well, well, I suppose. Yeah, this is, this is perfect because, yeah, now you get to meet Tonks now. That's true. We are going to meet Tonks in a few minutes. We can always hold off and do the last three the next time. And yeah, again. yeah, that's that's okay. Keep going, but I love Tonks. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think she was in. The, the She's not. The author's note does say something about that she made her a little younger, yeah. older, younger, something. Maybe she changed her age. Younger than than is in canon. So. Yeah, okay. so that mm-hmm. she could be there. Right. Let's see. Um, All right. Have a good night. Good night, Trisha. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. yeah, it says Ron didn't give Harry a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she wanted to keep all the presents that he really got and then just added a few. Yeah. And she's including that Tonks is now a year younger than Canon. Mm-hmm. So that she's still around. Yeah. Harry's noticing that there are more people around than um, from second year that he remembers. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to sit behind, beside the pretty sixth or seventh year. And he recognizes her voice. Yeah. But, Hi, do you she, mind if I sit here? And she says, watch your Harry. No, I don't mind. And he's like, Tonks? <laughs> do I know you? He's like, um, no, I was researching my godfather's family members. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Godfather? You're Sirius Black's cousin. Yeah. Well, she's really his second cousin, I guess. It'd be, it'd be his cousin once removed. Because mm-hmm. cousin is on the same generation and then the removes take you up or down. So she's there because it's her mom's policy that if a Death Eater relative breaks out of Azkaban, and this is the first one that it's ever actually happened with, that she has to stay at Hogwarts because it's safe. And Ron's having a heart attack because they're related to Sirius Black. Yeah. It's like, you're related to Sirius Black? And she's like, so are you, just not quite as closely. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's- Harry says, well... You're not as closely related to Sirius as you are to Draco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Ron. He's having a hard time here. And Harry's trying to, he wants to call her Nymphadora, but she says that she'll hurt him pretty bad. Mm. If, uh, and he wants to know what people are saying about him. And she says, they have, you have a death wish. Mm-hmm. Cause you went chasing after a full grown troll because you were bored. Tonks says, just thinks yeah, he's Yeah, kind of. If anyone asks, it was because I was so distraught that Sirius escaped and I wasn't thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. Nah, you're just nuts. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Percy's like, you're seventh year? And she said, yeah, I'm a Hufflepuff. And he's like, oh, you can tell me all about the owls. <laughs> he gets going and she can't wait to get away from him. Yeah. The week we took the owls was the worst week of my life. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. And Ben and George are going, hmm, maybe we could use some help, too. <laughs> And Ron declares her strange. Yeah. Percy says, that was the most productive meal I've had in quite some time. <laughs> Poor Tonks. Yeah. And Fred's like, some people don't enjoy discussing exams they took a year and a half ago at Christmas, Percy. 
Yeah, you've just ruined her day. Mm-hmm. And Ron yeah. wants to talk to him. Yeah. And he says, he apologizes for not getting him anything because he just doesn't have any money. And it's it's kind of awkward for him to get this huge present from Harry and not get him anything himself. Mm-hmm. And what could Ron have gotten him anyway? And Harry says, look, Ron, you were my friend. That's That's great. Yes. The only person I even knew was Hagrid, and he has to be nice to me because he's from the school. And yeah. You didn't need to be, and you were my friend first. So that's worth much more than the money that I paid on the broom, paid for the broom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And besides, I haven't had anybody to spend money on before this anyway. Mm-hmm. So. And you need to buy me something for my birthday. It's July 30, 31st. Write it down. I'll expect something. Yeah. And off they go to play wizard chess. And then we wake Ron up the next morning, and Ron is having a dream about tap dancing spiders. Ah! Just because it's a fun movie moment they decided Mm -hmm. to throw in there, I bet. Yep. And so Harry says, hey, I'm taking the invisibility cloak, and I'm going to go find this mirror. You want to come? And sure, okay. And then here comes the Weasley twins arrive. They want to know what's going on. And so Harry invites them as well. And pretty soon Percy's there, and Percy's going to tag along too. So now he's got all the Weasleys <laughs> trailing after him underneath the invisibility cloak. Yeah. I swear this thing Ron, grows. Ron falls down the stairs, and that's mm-hmm. what uh, gets the twins' attention and so on. Yeah. Percy's like, you can't just go, oh, it's the holidays, Percy, relax. And off they go. <laughs> after a while, Ron's like, you're lost, aren't you? No, I'm not. But we've been past here, Ron counters. I know what I'm doing. He's lost, said Fred. I know. What the? As the door opens. So in this one, the mirror of Erised is actually in the room of requirement. That's not where it was in canon, if I remember correctly. It was just in a disused classroom. That's but what I then thought. Harry also wouldn't have had any reason to expect it could have been, and Harry wouldn't have known that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I think also, if he doesn't remember exactly where it was... If he's going by the version of the room that we see in some fanfics where it can bring you anything in the castle. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm he's sure. using the room to get the mirror. He, to see yeah, it I'm sure exactly. Up. That's exactly what he did. He was walking back and forth going, I need the mirror of Eris head. I need the mirror of Eris head. I need the mirror of Eris head. And then it opens up and yeah. they're like, that door wasn't there. Well, I know it's a magic door. Come on, let's go. And in they go. And, and Percy figures out that it's backwards writing. Right. And Harry's like, oh, you're right. I never figured that out. <laughs> huh. So Harry wants him to look and see what it is. And he sees Ginny holding a baby in her arms with messy black hair. And Ron and Hermione stood next to her holding little Teddy's hand. Yeah. And, and just as he sees his family. Mm-hmm. And George, Fred and George sees. The joke ah, shop. George is like, I see our own joke shop. Uh, Fred is like, me too. And Angelina, I mean, uh, joke shop. Yeah. <laughs> really nice joke shop. It's a really good joke shop. Yeah. And Ron's like, hey, I'm head boy and Quidditch captain. Hmm. And Harry's you like, even can you even be head boy and Quidditch, Quidditch captain, captain at the same time? And, and Percy's like, like, hey, somebody else wants to be head boy. Great. I'm minister of magic. Wait a minute. No, that's, that's Fred's guess. Mm-hmm. And Harry says, you see your family accepting you, don't you? Yeah. And 
Percy's like, how did you guess? And he says, not all dreams are impossible, Percy. Mm -hmm. So this might be a good moment for Percy. That's a really good moment, yeah. And then we have time passes. Mm -hmm. Until the Quidditch practice where Oliver lets them know Snape is going to referee the next match. And also it's a chance to approach Cedric, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's just trying to make sure that Quirrell doesn't kill me again. And they're all like, what? But, and then we have poor Neville who's come back in and he's run into Draco and Draco's tried to curse him with the leg locker jinx, but instead Neville dodged him and ran like hell. And yay! Yeah. So Neville, who would have normally been stuck with his legs locked together, has, because he's got this friendship, this core group that he's with, he's more self-aware. A little bit and, more confident. And confident, with yeah. It. yeah. So he so gets out of it. He was paying better attention, I guess. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we go to chapter eight. He gets to see Cedric Degree on the ground holding a broom uh, as he's just sort of flying around the Quidditch pitch. Mm -hmm. Harry wants to know if he's spying on him. And it's like, no, I've already seen you play anyway. And Harry's like, you go to matches you're not in? Of course, I go to all of them. Everybody goes uh -huh. to all of them. What are you thinking? Yeah, that's kind of a weird sentence. Because Harry goes to games he's not playing in. So. Apparently not this Harry. Apparently not. Because it makes him, does bad things to his blood pressure when he can see the snitch and the other seeker hasn't caught it yet. Mm -hmm. And Cedric laughs. Seeker bias. I completely understand. So they introduce, and Harry says, so does everyone in Hufflepuff think I'm crazy? Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's nice that they have this moment. And he, uh, Cedric gets to call her Nymphadora, and he's like, how did you do that? And he said, I, she lost a bet. And Harry's like, cool. And he said, yeah, she doesn't bet with her first name anymore. And Harry's like, dang. And we find out that. She's already lost twice. Yeah. Charlie, Charlie Weasley won the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then he goes out and gets ready to play the next game. And yeah. And Harry and Ron, Hermione, and Neville are all still thinking that Snape's going to kill him. And he's like, relax. He's not plotting to kill me. And Dumbledore is going to be there anyway. It'll be fine. But he doesn't find the snitch as quickly as he did the last game. So it takes him a bit of time because apparently he found it in like five minutes in the first, the first time he did this. So yeah, but they figure that something like snitch's movements is too random to be mm -hmm. the same from going back in time. Yeah. So and after 40 minutes, he gets it and catches it. Yeah. That's it. And we've got Hermione obsessing about exams which are still two and a half months away. And Harry's like, I'm not studying. I know everything I need to know. Don't bother me. Mm -hmm. And then we have Hagrid in mm -hmm. the library. Hagrid, what are you doing in the library? Looking for a book, Harry says. Hmm, what else could he be doing in here? <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, I think you were in the dragon section. And Neville's like, uh, you don't actually have a dragon, do you? I mean, that would explain why you're keeping all the windows shut and a fire going despite the fact that it's spring. And Ron's like, how do you know that? Oh, I've been helping Professor Sprout in the greenhouses, and I always say to hi to Hagrid when I'm there. Mm -hmm. So he's like, so are you grazing a dragon? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's been illegal for 200 years. That's it. So then Hermione's like, all right, we're going to go see this thing. And even though Ron didn't really want to go, he pretty much has to go see something. So, And he doesn't have to study then, so he's all for it. Yeah. And so they go and see it, and just, just leaves Hermione muttering about how 
ill thought out this is and he's so irresponsible he's in a wooden house he has no means for providing a safe environment for a baby dragon and it's illegal and and harry's like well i'm going to professor dumbledore because you know dumbledore has been pretty good about covering stuff up and he can come up with a reasonable explanation as to why there's a baby dragon mm-hmm. and here we and go hagrid has no common sense <laughs> but hagrid's counting on us no we need to save oh, him yeah, from but- himself Mm-hmm. And you know, and so, and and here's this reoccurring theme that we've had this year. <gasps> Harry's talking to adults and asking for help. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> well, as far as he's concerned, he is an adult. Mm-hmm. And he goes up this and he, one anyway. he guesses Bertie bots every flavor being. <laughs> it opens up. He's like, "Wow, first try!" And yeah. they trail up into Dumbledore's office and tell on Hagrid. Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess. Hagrid found a dragon egg. He doesn't seem to understand that it's not safe for him to raise it, especially at school, and maybe you can take care of that. Yes. And so they get points. Five points to Gryffindor for each of you, for your wisdom and getting a teacher involved. Um, Most students I've found tend to take care of these sorts of things alone, which can end badly. (laughs) Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Harry's like, ah, this rate will never lose the house cup. (laughs) I know. He's trying really hard. (laughs) <laughs> or he like, believes you have the house cop is a school-wide conspiracy to try and spawn as many teacher's pets as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snape and I are doing what we can, but we can't lose Gryffindor the house cup alone. <laughs> <laughs> you guys really need to help me. Yeah. And so, and of course, and exams. He breezes through his exams because mm-hmm. he's got 12 years on him. Right. He even bruised his potion with his eyes closed. <laughs> And after the exams, the trio plus Neville, because Harry can't quite say the term quartet. It reminds him of an orchestra for some reason. So, he says casually, My scar told me Professor Dumbledore is in London right now, and Quirrell is taking advantage of his absence to go after the Philosopher's Stone. What? Philosopher's Stone? Where's where's the Philosopher's Stone? What's it even doing here? Why would anyone hide that in the castle? Yeah. Well, it is the safest place. But he did, so we need to go get it, and I'm going after Coral. Who's coming with me? Yeah. And so they all go, and then here comes Percy. Where are you going? It's curfew, you know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I just don't care. And so out he goes and drags them along. And I love this next part because Peeves is there. Who's there? I know you're there. If I can't see you, are you ghouly or ghosty or weeby student beastie? And Harry's like, hey, Hi, Peeves. He just pulls the invisibility cloak off himself. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm causing mayhem. I'm endangering myself and three other students by sneaking off to the third floor corridor. Is that irresponsible enough for you to let us go on our way? Yeah. Okay, have fun. Got your conk. Hey, don't even laugh, he says. Yeah. And then he's so- like, there's a three-headed dog in there. Don't panic. Oh, 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 what? Oh, don't worry. It falls asleep whenever there's music. I brought my flute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But by the time they they land... Where are we supposed to get back up? (laughs) Neville's already gotten rid of the devil's snare, so giving him the book was a smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. And Harry grabs the broom, takes his broom out and unshrinks it. Mm -hmm. He's been carrying it around with him everywhere and goes and grabs the key. In two minutes. And then he's like, okay, here's the troll. Don't worry about it. And I guess they play chess. Yeah. Yeah. And Ron still has to sacrifice himself. Mm -hmm. And then they get to the room with the potions and 
Yeah. And he's like, hmm, why is there even a riddle? Shouldn't they just tell Professor Dumbledore and not let anyone else know? Yeah. But Hermione figures it out. And he is pleased to note that he figures it out three minutes before Hermione did. Yay. Twelve years of head start gets him three minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's only enough to get two of them through. So they play rock, paper, scissors. And Hermione's like, rock, paper, scissors. And Neville only knows to do rock. And she does scissors. And then she thinks, well, he won't do it a second time. And he does. Yeah. And she has has to to go go back. back to Ron and and Neville's like, wait a minute, I won, but I have to do the hard thing. Why aren't I going back to Ron? But Mm -hmm. whatever. Cheer up, it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Facing down an evil teacher is your idea of fun? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody's right, you do have problems. Pretty much. And then they go through it and Neville's like, what? Or, wait, it really is Squirrel. It was Squirrel? Now I owe the the Weasley twins money. (gasps) Oh, man. Isn't it morbid to be betting on who was planning to kill me? Well, you're the one bringing up your facial disfigurement every chance you get. Yeah, well, everybody likes talking about it, so... And so, Quirrell's like, Ah, I wondered if I'd be meeting you here, Potter. I didn't expect Longbottom, though. Why were you expecting me? I shouldn't have time to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm only 11. Hmm, could it be every time I face away from you, you insist your scar is on fire? Yeah. You have a point. Who in their right mind? (laughs) Well, yeah. But, uh, you know, I know you've got Tom Riddle on your head. And Voldemort's like, use the boy, use the boy. (laughs) Neville's like, is that Tom Riddle? Yeah. And so he has Potter come over. But because Harry knows what's going to happen, Harry only sees his family this time. He doesn't imagine himself getting the stone. And so he's thinking he's beat him. But Neville gets the stone. And he's like, oh, dang, I should have told him before we got in here. Then mm-hmm. Voldemort. They unwrap. He unwraps his turban, mm-hmm. and, and of course, it's Harry Potter and Neville Longbottom, who's the the, the two, the in two the children of the prophecy. Yes, mm-hmm. Harry's like Tom Riddle. I'm fairly certain you're a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> you dare? Yeah. Yeah. Let's skip the part where you're offended that I know your name and get on with it. Mm-hmm. There was a prophecy, you know. So he explains what the prophecy was. Yeah. And I said, well, the prophecy's fulfilled. You stopped me once. There's no reason for me to kill you or your friend. Just let me have the stone. Yeah, but Neville's like, you destroyed my parents' minds. And he's like, ah, it wasn't me. It was Bellatrix. Bellatrix, I, I didn't have anything to do with it. My followers were misguided. I will make them suffer. And mm-hmm. Neville's like, you could have attacked me and killed my parents, too. Oh, but I didn't. And, yeah, but Neville holds his ground. Mm-hmm. And and Harry just sort of grabs onto Quirrell because he knows what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. But it still takes him longer than he thinks, and he's going to pass out. And so Neville actually reductos him, and mm-hmm. Neville's eyes are huge <laughs> as he lowers his wand. And then they zoom out through up through the trap door on Harry's wand uh, on Harry's broom, and yeah. Hermione's like, "Yay, you're here!" And she found Professor Dumbledore, mm-hmm. and they head off to the hospital wing. And Harry's like, oh, um, you should probably give Professor Dumbledore the stone. Oh, right. That. Uh, yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. And Neville says, I killed Professor Coral, and he's feeling really bad. And so Harry describes what happened. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore finally tells Neville after Neville says, I killed him. Dumbledore says he was already dead. He was dead the minute he allowed Voldemort to take up residence in his body. 
So you didn't really kill him. And that mm-hmm. makes Neville feel a little bit better. Not much. That's not. And then they explain about the Flamels, which is still kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. And Harry says, well, Voldemort did say something about a prophecy. Would you like to tell me about the prophecy? And Dumbledore's like, "Ah, I didn't mean to tell you this early, but okay, here it is. And Neville's like, that could have been me or Harry. And Dumbledore says, yeah, but Harry marked, or Voldemort marked Harry with the scar. So he's the one that's marked now. And Mm -hmm. Harry says, "Um, I'm not very responsible. You probably shouldn't expect me to kill him. Well, I don't expect you to do it for a while yet. Mm -hmm. Poor Harry walks into the leaving feast with a heavy heart. Sure, Hagrid got him his scrapbook, but he... They're uh, going to win the house cup again. Yeah. (sighs) He tried his best, but Dumbledore starts giving out great amounts of points. And and I love this, because it's, you know, Ron gets 50 points for the best played game of chess, and Hermione gets 50 points for not poisoning herself or her classmates. Neville gets 50 points for lighting a rare and valuable plant on fire. And Harry gets 60 points for not telling a responsible adult about Quirrell. That's not how Dumbledore put it, but in Harry's mind, that's what happened. He just starts banging his head on the table and (laughs) Percy threatens to hex him. Yeah. So finally he just gets up and goes to sit by the Slytherins because at least they're not celebrating. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dumbledore thinks that he's being good and doing inter-house uh, stuff. And he's, he's, he's just in- complaining about the blatant favoritism. Mm-hmm. And then they and then we get off to the Hogwarts Express, mm-hmm. and they have their train ride, and Hermione kept pestering him about his exam results because he's had the first highest first-year grade since Dumbledore. Because <laughs> uh, he's actually 23. Uh, yeah. And... Ron invites them all to come stay, mm-hmm. except for Malfoy. Yeah, and Malfoy's great, like, great I wouldn't want to come to your house. My, My bedroom's bigger than your house. <laughs> and Harry goes, hey, Draco, do you have an elf named Dobby? Draco's like, yeah, how do you know that? Oh, it's my magic. Could you tell him not to steal my mail, please? Yeah. And Draco's like, what? All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and Tonks has her pink hairstyle because it's her celebration for getting into the Aurors. Which is good. Yep. And he's she's been hiding from Percy. Yeah, because <laughs> he wants to go over what the newts are like. And she's and, like, I don't want to talk about it. So, And he's like, you're not going to let me call you Nympha? I mean your first name? No. So, nope. I'll give you my firstborn. Aren't you a little young to be thinking about that? If it's a boy, he's going to be James Sirius. But he's thinking now about yeah, the fact that, uh, that Ginny's probably already had the baby. So. And speaking of Ginny, there she is, mm-hmm. the 10-year-old version of her, or 11, I guess, by now. And she's jumping up and down excitedly, and so he says, hi. Mm-hmm. He says, I'll see you at Hogwarts, and thank you, Mrs. Weasley, for the thoughtful Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. I better go. My uncle might still be mad at me. Since September? Well, he did send me death threats at Christmas. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> And, oh, look, there's a large black dog lying on the Dursley's front lawn. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder what that's from. Hey, boy, you look like you could use a walk. Let's go to the park. <laughs> and then he says, well, well, serious, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and we move to chapter 10. Mm-hmm. And serious freezes. Oh, come now, Padfoot, don't be like that. This would be a piss-poor reunion if only if one of us is pretending to be a stray dog the whole time. 
And he says, reunion? What do you mean? Harry Potter can't possibly remember me. He says, nah, I'm Harry Potter, but you've got your facts wrong. It's not that you haven't seen me since I was an infant. It's you haven't seen me since you fell through the veil of death. Yeah. Wait. I did not trip. I was hit by a curse. It could have happened to anyone, but how did you know about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you know? Well, I was there. So was I. You fell through the veil, too? Remus should have stopped you. Yeah, Remus did, but I did fall through eight years later. And Sirius's eyes bulge out. Bulge, bulge out. That makes you, what, 23? 23? Yeah, yeah, mentally. So, so. Said, oh, what happened? Did you defeat Voldemort? How did you come back? Did everyone die? What happened? Tell me everything. Mm-hmm. So. And so he, he explains most of what happened in the seventh book. Oh, yeah, very various different people got killed. Oh, and Remus' dogs got married. What was that so last What was part? that last part? <laughs> yeah. so what oh, about the other last part about Voldemort, Voldemort killing, killing you? you? Yeah. Well, he killed me, and I had a chat, chat with Dumbledore's soul, and, you know, things got better. Apparently, I survived because of the power of love. Yeah. So he says, for the record, when you're telling this to other people, can you come up with a better explanation than that? Mm-hmm. So, but he enlists Sirius to help him on the Horcrux hunt. They're going to try to... Because yeah, he knows where they all are now. Mm-hmm. And if we can get through that, then we'll have a better chance of, of killing him. And we can take him down in fourth year. Who knows? And we just need Fiendfire, Dementors, or Basilisk Venom. How do you even know about Horcruxes? They're supposed to be really obscure. Sirius knows. Well, yeah, they've been here a long time. So, And we find out that Sirius has never actually tried Fiendfire, but he's going to practice it, which is really scary sounding to me. Mm. Not a good thing to set Sirius loose on. But we find out that he looks much better because he's been out of Azkaban a little bit longer. And and he really did go to Spain. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and he's like, and Sirius is like, why don't you tell people that you're, you know, adult Harry and kid Harry's body? And Harry's like, because then they'll expect me to act like an adult and I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. He just wants to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And then time passes. Slowly. He does get his mail. So obviously Dobby... Is not stopping it from him. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to think about how he's going to meet up with Sirius if Molly's there. Right. Because if he's going to, if he's at the Weasleys, it'll be hard to meet up with Sirius. And he's and- bored. Bored. Really bored. But he's trying to mend things with his blood relatives, so that helps a little. And it was easy to make friends with Dudley because he volunteered to play with him video games whenever his other friends couldn't play. So this way, he doesn't get stuck with just one player video, you know, so now Dudley kind of likes him. Mm. And and Vernon just growls at him every time he's around. <laughs> so he's convinced, he's trying to convince Hermione that Lockhart's a fraud and Tonks to help break into Bellatrix's vault so that they can get the cup. He's trying to convince Ron that being sorted into Slytherin isn't an indication of evil. Convince Ginny that he's not some sort of god. And Neville that he should k- keep showing a backbone, even though he's back with his relatives. Yep. And he wants Cedric to come play Quidditch with them while he's at the Weasleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he's been kind of busy, even though he is slightly bored. Yeah. And He's trying to conv- tell the twins they should teach Ginny to ride a room so she can have a chance to do that, even though she's been sneaking out and learning herself. <laughs> And then on the night of the Dursley's dinner party, which is also Harry's birthday, he sneaks out because he doesn't want to be at the house when Dobby decides to show up. And so he does. Mm-hmm. Hi, Dobby. How's Draco doing? You can only tell so much from letters. 
To the Draco, sir? Yeah, yeah, you know, Draco Malfoy. My scar tells me all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Magic scar. Ah. Oh. And let me help you avoid any more self-inflicted industry injuries by informing you I already know Mr. Malfoy intends to give Ginny Weasley Tom Riddle's diary that will open the Chamber of Secrets and unleash a basilisk on Hogwarts. I can further promise you that I will always carry a mirror with me. I won't do anything too stupid, but I will not promise not to go back to Hogwarts. If you use magic and disguise the signature of that of a wizard so the Ministry sends an owl, no matter what the occupants of the house may be doing or who may be over, then they will start treating me like the Malfoys treat you, and it won't stop me anyway, as my friends will just come break me out. Although I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. And then we have the pop of apparition, and he says, oh, gotta go, be good, (laughs) and sends Dobby on his merry way. Because Tonks has come to seek him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're going to go to Gringotts, and she's going to pretend to be Bellatrix. Yeah. So. It's like, what's with the dog? Oh, it's my godfather. Your parents named a dog your godfather? Well, my dad. But, you know, he's he and his friends are Fred and George's heroes. <laughs> <laughs> bonkers. The whole lot of you, you're bonkers, says Tonks. Yeah. Yeah. So Tonks transforms so she looks like Bellatrix. Mm-hmm. Goblins do a blood test to see if she's actually a black, and she is. Yep, because so, she says she theory. lost the key. And so they get the Horcrux out, or the yeah the cup out, and Tonks takes a little bit of gold and some black family heirlooms that have been part of Bellatrix's dowry, but her mother would actually appreciate, and sneaks them out, and then... Harry has Tonks drop him and Sirius off at the Weasleys, where Neville's been staying and Hermione's stayed, but now it's just him. And Percy's actually downstairs playing chess with Ron when Harry gets there. So What do you know? He made it out of his room. Yeah. And then it's after two weeks, he's time to go to Diagon Alley, and he hopes that, you know, he doesn't hasn't changed any of the events so that Lucius actually does pawn the diary off on Ginny and not on somebody else. So, mm-hmm. And that means, of course, that he does run into Lockhart and get his picture in the paper. Mm-hmm. Or he's about to. <laughs> and Lockhart is like, it can't be Harry Potter. And Harry's like, where? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Can't be me. I'm Draco Malfoy. Well, oh, he- well, let me give you a free set of books to make up for this unfortunate mix-up. Mm-hmm. And he gives them to Ginny. Yeah, so now, and he's talked Molly into only buying two sets of Lockhart books because everybody can really share them, and there's no reason to spend that much money. Yeah, they don't have to get five of them. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> now why did you tell him you were Draco Malfoy and Draco's behind him? It was you! You started that rumor! And Harry's like, well, no, not really. Technically, Fred and George started it. I might have told them about it, but they're the ones that started the rumor. And... I didn't really know you then, so it's not an excuse, you know? Yeah, but you just did it again. What's your excuse now? I don't have one. Sorry. (laughs) So, how did you survive the summer with the Muggles? It has to be worse than a summer with the Weasleys. And, well, my aunt and cousin seemed a little bit better. And I went to the Weasleys, and it was kind of fun. But, yeah. Arthur's there. It's like, Ron, quick, your mother's distracted by Lockhart. Let's make our escape. <laughs> but they run into Lucius. Of course they do. And, and they, that conversation goes much the same way. But they don't actually have a fight because Harry was going to bet on it, and it doesn't actually happen, so he's kind of bummed. Well, he cuts in before um, 
Lucius can say the last thing that kind of set Arthur off. Mm -hmm. My definition of a disgrace to the name of wizard is anyone over 15 who can't cast an Expelliarmus without dropping their wand. Yeah. Or someone who can't ride a broom without falling off. Or someone who doesn't like Quidditch, says Ron. And that breaks the tension. (laughs) That's a disgrace. (laughs) Yeah. And so they left, but Lucius does slip the diary into Jimmy's book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Harry gets to the burrow, and after a little bit of time, he sneaks upstairs to get the diary, and it's not there. And he looks through everything, searches the entire room and the entire house, and he can't find it. And by nightfall... And is gone, too. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. And that's where we are leaving you. <laughs> <laughs> With we will come back next week or in two weeks or whenever we're releasing these and mm-hmm. probably another 10 chapters or so. Yep, that's the plan. And, yeah, we'll have to find out what's going to happen because Scabbers just threw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. <laughs> now, now Harry has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he was going to try to catch Scabbers and, and stuff, and now he can't do that either. Because so. Scabbers has already been thrown off his game because Sirius has already escaped. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he probably figured there was some other way to get back in Voldemort's good books. There's always a way to get back into Voldemort's good books. And he's, yeah. But we'll have to find out what's going to happen next time on Potterfic Weekly. <laughs> 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 so... This is a fun story. It is a fun story. I am enjoying it. It's not as, I'm not laughing out loud as much as Trisha apparently did, but it is fun. It's fun to see this Harry who's older and snarky and pretty much just doing whatever he wants to do. But again, we have Neville joined in with the, the group. And I always love stories where Neville gets to kind of get in with the group and, and be more sure of himself. I like the new Percy. He's, you know, going to be able, he's not going to be ostracized so much by his family. And he's there. I think they'll be able to tease him out of the whole, the minister is a God and we have to follow him thing that really splits up the family. Mm -hmm. And so I like that, you know, Harry's tweaking different little things and it's just little things, but they make such a big difference. Yeah, it should be an interesting thing to see how they decide to bring things up and when things are happening. Because they're the various events from different years in canon are kind of getting mixed up together mm-hmm. because of Harry's extra knowledge and Sirius's extra knowledge and so on. So yeah. we'll have to see how things actually come out. It's a good time so far anyway. Yeah, it's been fun. And we hope that you who are listening are have either read it and enjoyed it or are at least enjoying listening to us ramble on about it because we're having mm-hmm. fun talking about it. So hopefully you're having fun listening. And if you're enjoying the writing, but this particular thing isn't to your taste, or even if it is, apparently she's written all sorts of other things of in different fandoms, there's Once Upon a Time fix, there's Thor fix, there's Gravity Falls, there's all sorts of different stuff. There's a couple Song of Ice and Fire songs, some Supernatural, various different fandoms that you might find interesting, depending on what your own fandoms are. Mm-hmm. And she's still writing, so we have a fairly good chance of actually getting in touch with Sarah at some point. It would be nice. All right. I'll have to 
send her a message. But I will wait until closer to the time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the we may wait, wait till we're actually putting these out because even though we're getting better, we're still several months behind. Yeah. Yeah, the one I released that I'm releasing on Thanksgiving was recorded the last week of May. So we are a bit off, but only six months instead of a year. That's not too bad. Progress. We're improving. Woohoo! <laughs> so well, that'll bring this episode of Pottervic Weekly to a close. And when you listen to this, there may also be Point of View Weekly to listen to, because mm-hmm. depending on how long the hiatus for that goes, we are currently in the middle of our hiatus, but hopefully it should be over by the time you're listening to this. Yes. So if you want to hear us ramble on about other stuff with Bob and Ryan and Danielle, we will be happy to do that. And you can find it at pointofviewweekly.com. If you want to come over to our forum and leave comments on our coverage or play some forum games with us or chat about other random things, that's potterficforum.com. If you want to look in the archives of people chatting about other fandom things like Battlestar Galactica and Lord of the Rings and treating the canon as if it was fanfic and things like that, you can find those at poofwaexchange.com, which is P-O-U-F-W-A exchange.com. Yeah. Come and join us. We have a lot of fun. And with that, I guess we'll say good afternoon, good evening, and good night, everybody. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.